You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Tuesday, April 27th. Appreciate you joining me. And it's draft week, so let's break down draft week. Let's talk about it uh, because this week there's a good chance that safety Trayvon Merrick is a first-round pick. Also a good chance this weekend are Darius Washington and Garrett Wallow get selected in the NFL draft. Maybe Pro Wells um, and Artavius Lynn. We'll kind of see how it plays out. I think those guys are most likely undrafted free agents. But today I wanted to uh, just give you a little inside look at Trayvon and some some different things I've heard about him over the past week or so. First, DallasCowboys.com, they're doing a series where they post uh, part of the interview that they do with some of these draft prospects. Now, of course, it's very curated. It's it's not um, organic content. You know, they, they edit it in a way that you don't get a whole lot. But these were specific questions from Jerry Jones, owner of the Cowboys, Stephen Jones, the general manager and president, and then Will McClay, their scouting director, Trayvon Merrick, in their interview with him. And Jerry Jones starts with some praise about Gary Patterson. So here's Trayvon Merrick meeting with the Cowboys at some point during the draft process. Uh, let me ask you this. I, I love you, Coach. Uh, he's uh, f- f- fires me up every time I uh, get near him. Right. But uh, what is the, the the most important things that you think you gain from having him as your coach? I would definitely just say um, his style of coaching. Uh, like you said, he, he's very energetic, very um, you know every everywhere, um, yelling, screaming, high paced. Uh, but I, I would just say, um, just listening to the message but not, and not how it's delivered. Um, just, just learning how to uh, adapt to coaching, different coaching styles. And um, I, I definitely think that's helped me through my years in, in uh, TCU. Give us an inside look of, you know, of your experience and, and how you operate in the locker room setting with your teammates in, in, in the area of leadership and your, your competitiveness. It's, uh, just express your personality. Give us some examples and, and particularly your experience here at TCU. Yeah, I definitely just say um, I'm, I'm an easy person to get along with, a great teammate, um, somebody that's going to be there for, for everybody, um, you know, not just the, the big time players, if you want to call them that, but um, definitely there for everybody, um, wanting everybody to succeed, somebody that's going to be on time. Um, you're not, not going to have to worry about any, you know, off the field things. Um, just want to be around a great group of guys that want to win. What's the one thing you feel like you do best as a football player? Uh, definitely just come back to the versatility aspect, being able to move around. I play different different roles, a bunch of different positions. Um, I'd also say communication. Um, that was a big thing at TCU, just making sure we could all communicate um, and then just processing. Congratulations on your credit to, to football, and I'm proud of your career that you had there at TCU. Thank you. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. So that's courtesy of DallasCowboys.com, and you hear Jerry Jones talk about how anytime he talks to Gary Patterson, it gets him fired up. And I thought that was um, a, a very, I guess, self-aware and kind of a cool comment where Merrick said, with, with GP – 
you have to learn to listen to the message and not necessarily how it's delivered. Because we all know he's tough. He's hard-nosed. He gets after guys. But, I mean, if you can sort of block that out or find a way to understand, okay, beyond that, there's some good advice here. And obviously, Merrick was someone that did that. And then he goes on to discuss his versatility, um, his ability to, to make plays in different situations, get guys lined up. His football intelligence are big strengths of his, his leadership skills, interacting with everybody, being a good teammate, being someone that um, gets along with others easily. Those are all qualities that he's hoping to bring to the NFL. Now, I, I seriously doubt the Cowboys are going to take him at 10. Safety in general is a position in the NFL that has been losing some value over the past few years. And Dallas, we, we know for years they had Jeff Heath back there. They, they've gone very cheap at the safety position. I think they've needed to invest in it in a long time, and maybe this is the year that they do it, but I can't see it at 10. But I have seen some mock drafts have the Cowboys move back into the first round, like late in the first round if he's still on the board, and take him there. And and I would love that. Obviously, as a TCU fan and as a Cowboys fan, that would be a perfect world. We got to see Andy Dalton with a star in his helmet last year. Would love to see Trayvon in that position. If he were in Dallas, he'd be asked to contribute immediately because they are thin at that safety position. They need help there. So that might be a place where he could come in and uh, get a lot of burn right away, which would be cool to see him play a significant role there in Dallas. I also, this is from Daniel Jeremiah, and he starts getting into another prospect towards the end of this answer, but he was asked on a conference call that he did uh, as part of the NFL Network's coverage if he could rank the safeties, and you'll notice who he puts first here in, in this ranking. Uh, I just did this this last weekend, and I have my top 150 will come out next week, but I went through and, and stacked all the positions. So my safeties, I have it Merrick from TCU, uh, Javon Holland from Oregon, Richie Grant from UCF, then I have Divine Diablo from Virginia Tech and, and Andre Cisco from Syracuse. Cisco coming off of an injury. I have LeCount right after Cisco. Now, when you look at LeCount and you look at him on the paper, you see the pro day. He ran a four seven six, and you're like, "Oh my, he's no way he's going to be the sixth safety off the board." But his tape is really good. And in talking to a bunch of teams that have all the GPS data, he plays like if you're going to do the equivalent, he plays like a four four safety. That's how he plays on the field. He had the accident, which you, which you mentioned. I don't think he's fully recovered from that yet. Did not did not run well at his pro day. But most of the teams I've talked to are, are forgiving the workout and believing in what they saw on the player on tape. So I still think he factors into that. You know, probably the fourth round will probably be where he ends up going. So Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network has Merrick as his number one safety um, in this class, which you know DJ. I, I think Mel Kiper is the most recognizable name. But Daniel Jeremiah might be the most respected draft guru in the business right now. I mean, people really – the consensus, I don't see him as the lightning rod that Mel Kuyper um, and Todd McShay are from ESPN. So really cool that he's getting that recognition. Exciting week for Trayvon Merrick. It looks like he's going to be a first-round pick. I hope that's the case, and I hope we get to talk about that on Friday that he got selected and, and what team he'll be on. But we're going to have coverage of the draft all week long. I want to dig in a little bit as well as to where Garrett Wallen might go or Darius Washington. We'll take a look at those tight ends. We'll get you ready for the NFL draft as it pertains to TCU right here on Locked on Horn Frogs. Coming up next, 
I want to talk uh, about a basketball note that came down, and then we'll dig into another story. But before we do that, let's discuss Rock Auto. Um, you know, my my car, my wife's car has been acting up recently, and I took it to the mechanic, um, and, and he sort of diagnosed the problem, and I needed a new uh, air filter and some other things that were going wrong with it. So I went to rockauto.com, and I was able to compare manufacturers, compare prices, get what I needed. Uh, even for someone as clueless as me about uh, cars, rockauto.com is a lifesaver. It, they have a how did you hear about us section, and we'd love if you click locked on when you visit that. They're actually a family-owned small business that's been around for years. They transitioned to uh, you know more internet service as the years have gone on, but it's still that same great customer service. It's great for clueless people like me, but it's also great for do-it-yourselfers, mechanics. Everyone should and does use Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. Go there today. Find exactly what your car needs. Reliable, low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. And let's start with some basketball news. Uh, we've been discussing over this offseason – the um, departure of a lot of TCU basketball players, also the addition of a number of TCU basketball players. It does go both ways. But today they lost one of their uh, best coaches, one of their best assistant coaches, Ryan Miller, who has been the assistant head coach for the past couple of seasons in Fort Worth, but has been on the Jamie Dixon staff since he arrived at TCU. Um, he was hired on Creighton staff. Yeah, Creighton in the Big East. Greg McDermott hired them today. Um, Miller joins that that Blue Jays staff and will join a, a team that's made the tournament the past few years, has developed into a really good program o- over the past decade or so. And Ryan, the big thing about Ryan is that he's a great recruiter. You know, that's that's what you're going to be missing with Miller moving on. He was instrumental in getting Desmond Bain and Jalen Fisher to Fort Worth. Jalen Fisher was a pretty highly sought-after high school talent. Desmond Bain was just a great evaluation by Ryan Miller and the TCU coaching staff, and they developed him into the star that he was. He spent a couple seasons at UNLV before landing at TCU, um, but he's worked on a lot of different staffs over you know his career in college basketball and I mean he'll be missed there's no doubt about it you know first off with with the recruiting aspect and in this season specifically in this signing class not as big of a deal because they've mainly been loading up with transfers through the portal but moving forward that's going to be a big issue and hopefully you can go get somebody who can fill that vacancy and do a nice job there and Drew Davidson had a note on that earlier today as far as um, someone that they might hire and it appears that Jamie Dixon is going to go after somebody with some pretty good credentials um Drew Davidson said, with Ryan Miller headed to Creighton, told Jamie Dixon is expected to look outside for a replacement, so not an internal hire. Candidates will likely include coaches with international and high major experience, possibly a former head coach. And that makes sense, especially the international part or former head coach, because you're looking for someone who can step into that role that Miller left in that vacancy that he left as a recruiter and who can hit the ground running and do that well and have those good relationships either here or abroad and overseas to bring in talent year in and year out. So um, TC basketball, the roster changed over a lot. They'll have a change this coaching staff. It's not the one that we have, you know, talked about that we've kind of hinted at that it might be time for 
the Frogs to move on from Jamie Dixon. It, it's the assistant head coach, Ryan Miller. He heads to Creighton. And, I mean, best of luck for him. I guess this is just a better opportunity. Um, Creighton, as I said, has become a, a very good basketball program over the past decade or so. They consistently make the tournament. But he, he left a Power 5 school for a Group of 5 school, essentially, and, and that's always a curious thing. But um, I, I guess it was just a, a better place for him to be right now. But TCU loses – a good recruiter and someone who just kind of understands how Jamie Dixon's system works. And even though I don't really agree or love the direction the program's going, I do think there's a lot of value in continuity. So it's a loss nonetheless, and we'll see how they go about trying to fill that. I also wanted to talk about, um, so in the big 12 yesterday, this is a big 12 note and it was announced today in a press conference, but Kim Mulkey, who's been at Baylor for 21 seasons, she took the job at LSU. So what does that mean for, you know, TCU and and their women's basketball program? Well, Kim Mulkey leaving obviously makes it uh, possible for maybe somebody else to win the conference in women's basketball. That hasn't been the case for a long time. Baylor's just kind of run that show and dominated in that sport. And honestly, there really hasn't been anybody that's been close. Now, we'll see. I don't know what direction Baylor decides to go. I'm not sure if they're going to continue to invest this heavily in that sport, if they're going to try to go get one of the better coaches in the country to fill that void. Um, if they can keep the talent together they have on the roster right now, then they'll still be pretty good. And I, I think most people, when they hear this, their first thought is, wow, Vic Schaefer, who came from Mississippi State to Texas last year, has to be doing cartwheels because he's going to be the one that steps in and just um, automatically starts winning games and start winning Big 12 titles. But I do wonder, for a team like TCU, which was up near the top of the conference a couple of years ago, last year, uh, it did not go well. I mean, they were down towards the bottom again, and they lost a lot of seniors off that team that missed the postseason simply because um, the world got shut down by COVID. They would have played in the NCAA tournament if not for the COVID-19 stoppage. Um, if this means that TCU could get back – to that level and be a contender again in the Big 12. Because, yes, Texas is closer. Iowa State is closer. West Virginia has a good program. Oklahoma State had a good season. But TCU has a, a good fertile recruiting ground right there in DFW. And if Kim Mulkey is not there stealing some of the top talent in the Metroplex to come down to Baylor with promises – I mean, with good reason, with promises of an, a conference title and national championships, then maybe this is an opportunity for Reagan Peebley squad – to take a step up and, and to kind of work their way into the fray of a team that could be a factor. I mean, it can't hurt. At the very least, it can't hurt. Uh, and we'll sort of see how this plays out and what happens. But that was one of my first thoughts when I saw the news. I mean, she's had a stranglehold on this conference for a long time, for a decade plus, and, and really two decades of that school kind of being the standard in that sport. Yes, there are teams that are closer, but could this be a breakthrough for TCU? Um, you know, that maybe that's a game now that you think you can compete in. Maybe there's some recruiting battles you think you can compete in because there's not the shadow of Kim Mulkey sort of towering over everything in that league. We'll see. It's just a thought, but, I mean, I, I believe everyone in the Big 12 Conference is happy right now that she's moving on because it – signals maybe there's some vulnerability there in Waco and women's basketball which is something they've been dominant in for a long long time 
Uh, before we close up shop, I do want to talk about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, they cover everything. It's not just you know the NBA, MLB. They also have all the latest bets on UFC. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports does a great job telling you how to make some money. You can use the promo code Locked On when you go to their website, and if you do, you can get twenty percent off or a twenty percent signing bonus. Excuse me, twenty percent sign up bonus, startup bonus. BetOnline.ag. They have all the uh, news on injuries, health concerns. You know what's going on, so you're not going to miss a big story that could affect your bet. Also, they uh, they'll let you wager on reality TV. There's a lot of options at BetOnline.ag. Take Lee Sterling's advice today. Start using them. BetOnline.ag. Final segment here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. So TCU baseball uh, on Monday, we found out that they are up to number five in the country. They're a top five team despite losing. On Sunday, they still win um, that series against Kansas. They win two out of three, so they get it done, and uh, they fall on Sunday, but they still continue to climb in the rankings and sit at number five overall. Texas is number three. Those two teams are tied for the Big 12 lead, and they play in a couple weeks, but um, tonight the Frogs are going to play UTA in another non-conference matchup. Third time these two teams have met this year and the second time in a couple weeks. And I wonder who gets the start tonight. I doubt it's Luke Savage. Uh, and, and now that I think about it, I feel kind of dumb because I imagine one reason that Luke Savage started last week was because they're going to play UTA again. So I'm not sure who gets the ball. Uh, Jacob Metter and Riley Cornelio pitched in the ninth inning in a couple games on Friday and Saturday. I'm not, I don't believe that discounts them from pitching this evening because it wasn't like, you know, they pitched seven or eight innings and it was only one. Uh, might be a bullpen by committee type of night for the Frogs. Also, I saw this um, on Twitter uh, from uh, Mr. Hickman. I'm sorry I forgot your first name. He goes by Friend of the Horn Frogs on Twitter, but he said he got a note from TCU Baseball that their home game on May 4th against Incarnate Word has been rescheduled for next season. So they're not going to play Incarnate Word um, this this home stand this year. So that, that home stand coming up next week, that game's not going to happen. The next time they'll be home will be that weekend series against Texas, which will be a pivotal series. And they play West Virginia starting on Friday night in Morgantown. And the Mountaineers have not been swept all season long. You know, I was looking at their stats today. Their, their lineup, the batting averages are not that high. They're not really driving the ball to the ballpark, so it might be a good week for the uh, for the TCU pitching staff. But you hope the Frogs can go up there and take care of business because you'd love to have a little bit of wiggle room going into that Texas series if possible. They're taking on the Red Raiders. So if you could have a one-game lead going into that series, that'd be fantastic. But we'll see how that all plays out. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs. We'll be back tomorrow. Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.